When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 133 of the All Dolphins podcast. Omar and I today are joined by, as you can see, our good friend Antoine Staley, who covers, sorry, Antoine, uh, the New York, the New York Jets for the New York Daily News. Going the disappointing like, Jets. Well, the, well, we'll trust me, we'll get to that in plenty. Disastrous yeah. Jets. Hey. Hey, I'm an expert at covering bad football, as y'all know. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's man. all I know. Yeah, there for those who go. don't know, Antoine covered the Miami Dolphins for how many years, Antoine? Seven, like seven. seven. Uh, Damn. 12, 2012 to 19. Yeah. Oh, so you got the, the playoff season of 2016. So yes, I was there for that. Yes. That's the well, best one season. One of seven ain't bad. Yeah, um, yeah. This season is it's been fun, it's been a fun ride. I, I got to admit, they 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 look like they're less dysfunctional than than in the past, and maybe have shedded the dysfunction. But you you you're quite aware of dysfunction, and you might have a little bit of it going on over there in, with the New York Jets. Um, and we're gonna get to, Omar. We're gonna get to that in a second. Let's take oh, care yeah. of our business because some of you folks out there like this jersey number thirty three. I'm gonna go with Kareem Abdul Jabbar who went by the name of Sharman Shaw when he was a running back at UCLA. Dolphins drafted him in the third run in 1996, rushed for over 1,000 yards as a rookie, ending an 18-year drought where the Dolphins did not have a single 1,000-yard rusher. Delvin Williams had been the last to do it in 1978. So with that out of the way, uh, Antoine, welcome, and we feel your pain watching a team with a really good hey. defense and boy is that a is that a tough offense to watch yeah I, I feel like i'm just reliving like old seasons of dolphins like football all over again like yeah it's you know offensive line is terrible defense is bad yeah, it's just you know it's not good football at all to watch it right now i'm trying to, is the defense bad because from what i see every time they, they look the good the defense yesterday. is good the defense is good up until oh, okay. yesterday but uh I feel like the dam kind of broke yesterday because eventually, I mean, that's not a sustainable model. Like when you're trying to rely on your defense and, you know, you're, you're, literally, you're literally trying to hold opponents to nothing. I mean, their Jets defense, Jets offense is, you know, they're only scored 15 points per game. I mean, you can't win that way in this league not a, nowadays where you got these offense. I mean, hit the Dolphins score more points or touchdowns in a game than the Jets have all season long. Oof. They scored 10 against the Broncos. The Jets have nine touchdowns in 10 games. I'm actually yeah. surprised you said they're averaging 15 points. I was like, that much? Really? I thought yeah. it was less than that, man. Yeah, it's been it's been bad. It's been a lot of bad football there. And Zach Wilson, you know, he ended up getting replaced by Tim Boyle. He'll start against the Dolphins, but I don't know if that's necessarily the solution either. So Tim Boyle will start against the Dolphins? Yes. Yes, he's just going to be the starter, yes. 
okay. Tim Boyle to the rescue. And they feel what? good about this. <laughs> I mean, you really don't have much of a – it's either him or Trevor Simeon, so you really don't have much of a choice. I mean, Trevor Simeon hasn't, hasn't won a game since 2017, so – Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Antoine. Is was it a case of the Jets simply not wanting to close the door on Zach Wilson, or did they really fool themselves into thinking, well, he's been around Aaron Rodgers since the offseason, maybe something rubbed off, and actually the the light will have clicked, and he he's going to be perfectly fine as our number two, which has proven to be not the case. Well, I think a lot of it, yeah, Aaron wanted him to be the backup quarterback. He wanted to come in and you know, help groom Zach Wilson and, you know, help him, you know, basically become the heir apparent to Aaron when he finished, when he stopped playing. The problem is, I mean, Zach's still running into the same issues that he did for years, like still inconsistent, still throwing, you know, dumb passes with interceptions and, you know, just being inaccurate. I mean, he's 32nd right now in completion percentage. Uh, one of the lowest rated quarterbacks in the league. I think he's 30th in uh, QBR right now. Same thing last year. I think the Jets had a really good defense a year ago. Offense wasn't very good. They had Brees Hall ended up getting hurt late on early, I mean, in the middle of the season, but they couldn't do anything offensively. And eventually the defense just kind of wore down. So it's kind of the same thing. But I think Aaron is really driving the engine of the Jets too. I mean, he's made a he wanted to. He recommended a lot of moves for them, like picking up Alan Lazar, picking up Billy Turner, who we all know. Like I was there, you know, along with y'all when the Dolphins drafted Billy Turner back in, I think it's fourteen or whatever. But uh, yeah, thirteen, fourteen, whatever it was. But yeah, uh, Randall Cobb. But none of these moves have necessarily worked. They even wanted, he even wanted Dalvin Cook to be signed as well. But again, it's not. It, none of these moves have worked. And then now they're, they've literally bent over backwards for Aaron Rodgers. And now they're in a certain situation where, you know, they made their bed and now they have to really sleep in it. Now, let me ask you about this, because there's so much discussion and hubbub about Aaron Rodgers potentially coming back. Um, is that even an option? Is that something that that Jets organization is taking seriously, Aaron, playing in December games? It's possible, yeah. I mean, they they think he might want to open up his practice window at least, like maybe sometime in December. But I don't know if he's going to play any games for simple because I don't think the Jets are going to be in it. I mean, if they lose this game against the Dolphins, they're four and seven. I mean, essentially at that point, you're going to have to win out just to make the playoffs. I think you know nine wins at least is going to have to, you're going to have to get nine wins to make the playoffs, and I don't see any necessarily path for that if they were to lose this game. And they have another game against the Dolphins. They have the game against the Texans before that, and they had, they play the Cleveland Browns at the end of the December as well. Who's also who defense is better than the Jets right now statistically. And then oh yeah, you know you can say whatever you want to about the Patriots, but the Jets hadn't beat them since 2015. So I yeah. mean that's that's always a big thing too. So no, I, I, I want to jump in. Omar, not, go, go ahead, Omar. It's not worth it for Rodgers to come back and put it. No, if they. If they, they're four and seven, then what's the point? I mean, you're not going to make the playoffs. I mean, all you're doing is playing in meaningless games in December. So I don't know if what's the risk, especially when you're trying to, you want him to come back next year and try to make, try to do it all over again. And then not for nothing, he may play one more year. I think he's even said that, but you don't want to go out there and he tears his Achilles or have some kind of in, freak injury again. You know, that's going to set him back and it might end his career, especially if he'll be 40 in a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, I want to turn to your favorite subject, Omar, the offensive line, with the premise that Omar, this is what this is the one week where I don't think you should be allowed to say anything about injuries on the offensive line and the Dolphins having to shuffle guys in and out because the Jets, oh my God, 
like the offensive line coming into the season, I looked at it. It's not a complete disaster show because Dwayne Brown is serviceable. He's old and gets injured a lot, but he's serviceable. Vera Tucker is a good player. Tomlinson came over from the 49ers with a good reputation. And then yeah. it's like, now it's like a complete and utter, excuse my language, shit show because of injuries yeah. and all that. <laughs> yeah, they've had 11 different players on the offensive line through 10 games. That's about what they had through 17 a year, year ago. And then now Makai Becton's hurt. He has, a we think, a low ankle sprain, which if that's the case, he he's probably not going to play on Friday. So they also have – the good news for them, then, they have to activate Dwayne Brown uh, because if they don't, then they lose him for the season with his 21-day window. So I guess in a way it kind of works out. But then again, you know, Dwayne Brown hadn't played football since, you know, that it was the Cowboys game week two. So this is going to be, you know, they, they're trying to wrap it up for him, but he had to play football in a couple of months now. So you don't know how he's going to perform out there. The last time we saw him, I mean, Michael Parsons was, my God, I mean, he was like destroying him. I mean, which is not necessarily, I mean, the worst thing, but Michael Parsons is all world. I think we all know that, but I mean, he was giving Dwayne Brown just all types of fits. So now you're facing a Dolphins pass rush that's, you know, really playing really well right now. I think, you know, Bradley Chubb is playing really uh, exceptionally well, especially his, you know, second year with the Dolphins there. Obviously, you know, they have Phillips and some other guys too as well. But it's going to be a challenge for him, especially considering he hadn't played in so long. Let, let me ask you a little bit about Brees Hall. Um, obviously, there was concern about him coming back from the knee injury, but he's had pretty much a phenomenal season. Um, can he carry this offense without a quarter, without a proven quarterback or, or if the Dolphins just lock in on him and they can clamp it down and shut down Jets entire offense. I think now, um, I think teams are just loading eight, and nine in the box. So I think, you know, you look at his statistics the last few weeks, they hadn't been very good just simply because like they can't throw the ball down the field. So now teams are just literally, that's what Buffalo did yesterday. They literally loaded up. Uh, the back box and just stop Brees Hall on first and second down because the Jets are so predictable on first early downs. I think Antonio Pierce mentioned this uh, the, before the Raiders Jets game. He's like, you know when they're going to run. They don't hide it at all. And they don't. I mean, they show exactly what they're going to do every single play. And they've tried to switch it up. But you know they're gonna when they're going to run, the formations and everything like that. So teams, you know, they know when to key in and know when to blitz there. And then in third downs, which the Jets statistically right now, are on pace to have the worst third down conversion rate in the history of the NFL at 22%. 0 for 11 yesterday. Yes, 0 for 11 yesterday. Like, history? We history. 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 History of the NFL. Look, at nobody on, right now has had that low of a uh, third down conversion rate in the history of the league right now. When did you realize, uh-oh, same Zach Wilson, this ain't working out? Well, I didn't think it would work out when Aaron got hurt. I mean, yeah. I didn't think it was a good model. I mean, you literally, and I said this to, I asked Robert Solid at this point blank, why are you putting your faith in a guy where you benched twice last year and now you're bringing him back and, to, and you expect him to be a starter? I know he's matured and he has, he's got, he's matured a lot since, you know, off the field since last year when he, you know, pretty much didn't hold, didn't have any accountability, you know, after the Patriots lost, but you know, he has gotten mature in that area, but he's not, I mean, he's just not a starter quarterback. I think we all know that just watching him. I mean, he had flashes against Kansas City. I thought he did a good job there. But, you know, ultimately after that, I mean, nothing. I mean, Tommy DeVito, you can say whatever you want to about the Giants, but the man threw three touchdowns yesterday against Washington. Zach Wilson has never done that in his career. 
and like I don't think in like 30 some games. He did put up 40 pounds, 40 40 yards against the uh 40 points against the Dolphins. Well, he well, the defense also helped with that too. Like, I, I don't want to necessarily take away from that as well, but yeah, he helped them put up 40 points in that game, uh, that first game against the Jets. I mean, against the Dolphins last year, so. Yeah, I mean, I think the running game also had a lot to do with it, too, with Brees Hall. He went wild in that game as well. He also but, caught, like, a little short swing pass and went, like, correct. six yards with it or something. Oh, correct. But uh, to answer your question, yeah, I think he's going to have to carry the offense. If they have any shot to doing anything, he's going to have to carry the offense because otherwise I, I think they're in huge trouble. He, and now they're asking to be a factor in the passing game because they don't really have a second-wide receiver. Teams are starting keying in on Garrett Wilson as well. And then now you got – with the Dolphins, they have two really good corners – and Xavier Howard and uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey. So it's really going to be even that much more of a challenge for uh, a guy like Garrett Wilson to try to get open. So what have you seen from Tim Boyle, uh, either in training camp or practices or or Be nice training? now, Antoine. Be nice. I see. <laughs> <laughs> that that makes you confident that he can lead an NFL team to a victory. You, you really want my honest answer, or you, you want no, me to just I want your answer. You, you want me, well, Alice said be nice, so I'm trying to like I'm trying to decide which one do you want. You want Come me to on, you, know, you know who you're talking to. Like you, let's shoot a straight. I had I had to say much of anything. I'll be completely honest with you. Because if I I mean I, I just hadn't seen anything. Like he at training camp, he was okay. He was just a guy. Like I think Steve Smith Steve Smith calls like guys like that just jags. Like he's just a guy. I mean, he wasn't necessarily doing anything impressive. I think Zach was kind of like up and down at times. I mean, I think the only thing I said about Zach in training camp was he did, he wasn't turning the ball over that much. So I definitely think that was a bit of an improvement for his first couple of years there. But, yeah, Tim Boyle really didn't show much of anything because we thought he might have an opportunity to win this uh, backup job. But, you know, Zach outplayed him in the uh, training camp. So he, so he could take that for what it was worth. So you're not gonna you're not gonna do like Tom Curran and say that Tim Boyle is better than Tua. <laughs> I'm not an idiot. Okay, just, <laughs> just checking. I have to throw it out is there. Tim Boyle, is Tim Boyle better than Zach Wilson? No. Uh, not from what I've seen, no. Man. So what I'll say this, I'll say this, like the reason he's starting over Trevor Simeon, who they picked up on the practice squad, is because he has a grasp of the offense. He knows Nathaniel Hackett's offense better. So that's the reason he's going to be the starter. I mean, obviously, Simeon has more experience, but that's the only, you know, notch on the belt that Tim Boyle has. You're thinking there is no turning back on this Zach Wilson situation. No, it's over. It's over. It's, it's, done. it's done. We thought it was done. done last year. You can't. Yeah, you can't. I don't think it's anywhere coming back from this. Like, I really don't. And I'm curious to see, we'll talk to Robert Sala shortly, uh, about 4 o'clock or so, that will Zach Wilson be inactive? Because last year, you know, when they benched him, they made him inactive. Like, Mike White started some games. Joe Flacco was the backup as well. You know, it even had Chris Strebler get in there uh, for a few snaps. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's you can turn the clock back. I, I think it's over. I think you just have to release him at the end of the year. They're going to decline his fifth-year option anyway. Just move on from him. Maybe he can go somewhere and you know, be a backup somewhere else. Let you me, mentioned me you mentioned Mike White, so we got to ask you your thoughts on Mike White. And if knock on wood, something were to happen to Tua, how well do you think he'd be able to lead this offense? I think he'd be good for one or two games. I think he, I mean, I think he's shown that he has the ability to win some games there. I don't know if he's a guy that you want being in there like for four or five game stretch, but you know, Mike White has a lot of experience, and yeah, I mean, he was the best quarterback, I think, of the Jets last year. It's just the fact of the matter. He 
Matt Milano broke his ribs against Buffalo, and then he was never the same again. And then for whatever reason, they brought him back out in the game, the same game where he broke his ribs, and then eventually went to the hospital, and they, he tried to play through it, and he just couldn't. So, but yeah, I like Mike White. I think he's a really good backup there. I knew that's where he wanted to go. I mean, that's home for him. I mean, you know, Fort Lauderdale, Miami area, you know, grew up there, born and raised, was a Dolphin fan. So I knew when the Dolphins were interested, especially considering the Jets situation where they were going out there and Rodgers, it just made too much sense for him just to go ahead and come back home and, you know, be a backup to it. And, you know, you could also try to mentor Scholar Thompson there as well. Let me ask you this question regarding Mike White, because I, 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 wonder if the jets had mike white as their starting quarterback how respectable could they be save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app get half gallons of delicious kroger milk for 129 each then get flavorful tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, depends on how long. Wait, for the whole season? Yeah, after after Aaron Rodgers went down. Uh, you you mean the Jets? Like, how, if the Jets had them, I think yeah. they would be. I think they would probably have about six wins right now. I still think the Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins. Like, they were my pick to win the East anyway, but. You know, I felt like Buffalo was, you know, kind of a little bit on the downward slide there as well. They were getting a little old in the uh, back end of their defense with the safeties and Poirier and Hyde as well. And, you know, it was just so much questions with the Jets too as well. And, you know, I liked Aaron Rodgers. I thought they, the Jets would be a playoff team. But I thought the like just looking at it, just you know, how it is, I thought the Dolphins just coming in, especially, you know, picking up Vic Fangio. I thought that was huge for their defense just to be able to improve. And I think we're kind of seeing that recently that they don't have to win these games where they're outscoring opponents by you know 30 and 40 points i think we saw that yesterday against the raiders where you know they were able to you know force a lot of turnovers i know it was a young quarterback and they no connor but you know the raiders you know made them sweat a little bit and then the defense stepped up when they needed to so yeah i thought that was the big difference just get picking up fangio and i thought the defense would improve not necessarily right away but like towards the end of the season raiders made him sweat a lot actually uh yeah, just, that was a tight game. <laughs> uh, I decided that the Jets is is Sauce Gardner playing anywhere near the level he played last year? I don't think so. Um, I think like I mean he got beat by by a really bad uh, ball by Josh Allen, which was a great pass yesterday. But you know I, I don't think he's playing at the level that he would like to. But I mean that. It comes, I mean, I think he's still playing. I think he's still one of the best corners in football. But, you know, I think we were just quick to anoint him as the best. Not me personally. But I, I think Satan is the best one in, in the league right now. But you can you know, argue Ramsey and some other guys too as well. But, you know, one year doesn't necessarily make you a the best in the league. I think you have to do it under a consistent period of time, like two or three years. And I think he even said that too. Like he, he might be one of the best, but he, you know, I, I don't think he's, you know, the Jets – him and DJ Reed are playing really well, but the thing about it, they they don't have any interceptions right now. So I think that's part of it as well. Picking, getting those balls and picking them off too as well. I mean, you can you know shadow a guy and do whatever you want to as well. And you know, I, Gardner is one of those guys that's very touchy, uh, which is <laughs> I like a lot of talk, like, attracted a lot of criticism on social media. 
but uh, he's definitely uh, he is definitely still one of the top ten best cornerbacks in the in yeah. the league. I think they, along with DJ Reed too license. as well. When they don't give you that license to be touchy touchy, the game changes a little bit on you. Exactly. Like I think they're calling up more plays on them. They call they called a holding call on them yesterday. So yeah, last year I think they were kind of letting them get away with a few things, but I think oh, a lot yeah. of teams kind of complained about it in the all season. Yeah. It's a thin line between a great defensive play and a penalty. Exactly. Exactly. Quinn, but Quinn he's still he's still balling. great. Sorry, Quinnon balling. Quinnon Williams still balling. He's just sat he, his pressure rate, if you look at it statistically, is he's not. But his pressure rate is higher than what it was last year when he registered 12 sacks. So I don't know if that, you know, makes a lot of sense, you know. But, you know, I, I think sacks are a little bit overrated. But at the same time, it was going to be hard to kind of duplicate, you know, the 12, 12 sacks. sacks. That's for a defensive tackle. Like, you're an interior guy. Like, that's not necessarily a norm. And I think he's, teams are really literally double-teaming him all the time. And I think that's also opened up opportunities for – Jermaine Johnson, who I really liked coming out of Florida State, he's had a really good year. Like he's on the pace to getting 10 sacks this year. Also, uh, Bryce Huff, too, who they use in situational downs as well. Not necessarily a starter, but you'll see him on second and third down. And uh, he'll, he really, he has, I think he leads uh, team in sacks. If not, he's up there along with uh, Quentin Jefferson, who, who they picked up from Seattle. I want to ask you a little bit about um, Cook, who a guy we had our eyes yeah. on down here. Obviously, things didn't really pan out for him there with the Jets just because Brees Hall is is dynamic. He's young and he's relatively cheap. Do you think that there's a high level of regret about the signing of, of Dalvin Cook? For $7 million, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they thought – I think I don't think they thought Brees Hall would come back as fast as he did off the ACL injury. I think now, like, just seeing him in training camp, like he was running past people and they were like, oh, well, like he's – coming back faster than what we thought because you know you look at the history of guys coming off ACL injuries with the running back position and having good years it's not good recently I mean I think you have to go back to maybe like Jamal Charles and Adrian Peterson to find a guy that really had a successful season coming off an ACL injury even Saquon when he came off the ACL injury I think he had like 500 yards or so but you know Brees you know he's definitely top 10 in rushing and yards per carry and despite the fact that he's struggled like not necessarily he struggled but teams are really loading up to stop him but yeah i think you know Dalvin he, we talked to him like near the trading deadline he he wasn't opposed to getting traded but i think the jets I felt like they were going to use need him at some point throughout the year and i think the biggest problem with him is the play calling i don't think nathaniel hackett is using him correctly you know as you i think both of you guys know he's a rhythm runner like he needs to carry it's like he's not a guy that's just going to get three or four carries and you know be a, you know explosive like he needs to get get volume carries in order for him to get going and that's something that they're not doing I feel like they should be able to do that on early downs too and they could switch him and Brees Hall out I did like one thing that I saw yesterday uh they had him and Brees Hall in the backfield for the first time together uh which I don't I, I'm surprised it took them nine games to do that that makes no sense to me but uh I thought they definitely something they should do a lot more now you we talk about Robert Sala and I'm never a fire a coach kind of guy, especially when the coach is playing without his starting quarterback. You're gonna go uh, there anymore? Yeah, I'm not making okay, okay, sorry, go ahead. I mean, it's it's not it's not, you know, I think it's time to have the conversation. I, I know how the Jets fan base is. <laughs> and I, I you know, one, the indictment of staying with Zach Wilson when you knew that there were other decent quarterbacks you could have gone out there and got, you made a conscious decision to make your team bad. 
Um, and, and, and my question is, could he be in danger? Could, or, or, or is going to Aaron Rodgers injury going to buy him another season? It depends on how I would say, it depends on how the rest of the season goes. If they lose out, then all bets are off. Like I was told even before the season starts, like just because they have Aaron Rodgers does not buy them another, buy them time. So if they go, you know, four and 13, then yeah, I think it's a possibility. Uh, but you know, also with that, you need if you're going to replace him, I think you have to replace Joe Douglas, which it was his decision to draft like Zach Wilson in the first place. Robert Sala, not really a Zach Wilson guy, but it was a Joe Douglas move that Joe Douglas fell in love with Zach Wilson throughout the pre-draft process and really, you know, wanted him to come in and you know thought he could be a better quarterback than Justin Fields. Ooh, and so what, what, what you saying here? Robert Sala distanced himself from Zach Wilson. No, no, but I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is like this this was a Joe Douglas move. This was not this was not a uh, Robert Sala move to bring in Zach Wilson, basically. Like <laughs> and, so, and still with Zach Wilson as the backup this year, even though it was driven by Rogers, ultimately the buck stopped with who with Douglas, right? Yeah, and also they would have to pay him anyway. They figured, okay, you know, we're gonna have to pay him, so we might as well just keep him on the roster, but my thing is, if you're going to keep three quarterbacks, why not try to sign a vet, another veteran, just in case something were to happen to Aaron Rodgers? Because I mean, old players get get hurt. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, it's that's just the fact of the business. I mean, we saw with Dwayne Brown he ended up getting hurt. Uh, you were seeing with Aaron Rodgers there. I mean, he's near forty years old. I mean, as good as he's been, you have to think at some point he's going to have some kind of injury. Maybe not Achilles injury, but some type of injury. And relatively as durable as he's been, nobody knew this was going to be the injury that would put him out for the season. So, but I, I, I you know, one, I'm not sure Robert Saul is at fault for what's happened because the defense continues to be respectable. Correct. But um, you ultimately make the bed; you're gonna to have to lay in it. Um, I, do you think that the the owner is patient enough to to give it one more season to let Aaron Rodgers come back? I, I think so. Depending on how the rest of the year goes, yeah, I think you know if they finish you know, with seven wins, then I think, oh, okay, you can say that you can sell to your fan base. Yeah, we'll get Aaron and we can pick up three or four more wins and, you know, compete with the Dolphins and make the playoffs. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just saying that's what you're going to sell to the fan base. But if you go four and 13 or five and 12, I mean, it's kind of a tough sell, especially considering the circumstances. But also if you fire Robert Sala and Joe Douglas, you're essentially starting over. Because you brought in Aaron Rodgers, the uh, the coach under Nathaniel Hackett, and everything like that. So okay. yeah, you you eventually you got to get. I think they need to draft the quarterback anyway, but I don't know if they will because we saw what happened in Green Bay when Aaron Rodgers was really in his feelings because they end up drafting Jordan Love. You really gonna and bring up Jordan Love? Just a little bit, just bring that up. Look, I'm just saying. I'm just telling you what. I'm not saying Jordan Love is has been great. I'm just telling you what the situation was. Like he wasn't happy about it. So what's to say that he's going to be happy about when the Jets pick 11th in the draft and then they take they were to take a guy like a Michael Pence Jr. out of Washington or something like that? Would he be happy about that or would he want them to take an offensive lineman instead? Which they they could do either one, but they definitely got to take a quarterback at some point because you don't know how much longer he's going to play. Like, you know, he might play one more year. I, I think possibly. Maybe maybe they should draft Broderick Jones. Oh, wait a second. No, Pittsburgh beat him to it. Well, yeah, the Patriots kind of screwed him on that, but in <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bill Belichick fashion. I want to take a little trip down memory lane with you. Other, oh, than the obvious of, other than the obvious of getting to hang around Omar and I quite a bit, 
your favorite memory <laughs> highlight of covering the Dolphins? Uh, <laughs> I have highlight so many. Like, I'm trying to think of, um, wow, like probably, you know, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff, like whether it be uh, seeing Beasley almost get beat up in the locker room. Like it's, it was, it was a lot of wild stuff, like, in the lo- like just crazy there. Um, you almost beat Beasley up in the locker room. I, I missed that. Yeah, you remember? You don't remember the Ravens situation where uh, with Jarvis Landry after the game? Oh, oh that was the like, Jarvis Landry situation. Yeah, hey, I was standing right there. B Jarvis wasn't about to do nothing. Nah, <laughs> well, well, I, I, I've had worse confrontations. No, man. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know you I, have. I could have. I could have brought that up too, which is I thought was ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we could have bought the Jordan Phillips situation into, which I thought was ridiculous, though. But I mean, the man, the man, play what plays when he wants to. Like, I think he's still in the league playing when he wants to. Like, and making like, a lot of money doing it too. Exactly, exactly. Like, I think just the camaraderie. I think you know, it is probably um, the camaraderie. I think just getting to know y'all and being around y'all, and like what I miss too. Like, although you kind of get it with the Jets locker room, I mean, the Jets media room, but. Just us being, you know, laughing and joking and stuff like that, especially in that room. Like yeah. Omar would have some kind of crazy story or whatever. And then Perk would be right there, like just talking, you know, saying his stuff too as well. And then we got Beasley there, Joe Shad too as well. So yeah, just kind of the stories and you know, just the crazy stuff when we talk about just kind of bounce these stuff stuff off each other. That's kind of what I do. Miss. Yeah, what people don't realize is that we sit around and we bounce off our our, our work that we're going to actually write. Like, exactly. You know, it, it, it led to a, a big internal feud that led to stories uh, when, when we were debating who is the Dolphins MVP. Is it Tua or is it Tyreek? Uh, what, what is your vote? Yeah, go ahead, Antoine. Well, I, I think you're going with the quarterback. I think you got to go with the quarterback, do Tua. I mean, although you, you're really going to take a wide receiver. I think yeah, Tyreek Hill is their best player, but I think Tua is their MVP. Because I think without Tua, they wouldn't be where they are right now in the standings. But Tyreek Hill is clearly their best player, if that no, makes sense. No argument on that. Tyreek Hill is without a doubt their best player. And I, I, I thought that if he does get to 2,000 yards, it would be a similar accomplishment to when Adrian Peterson got to 2,000 yards. And it is worthy of consideration yes. for MVP. Absolutely. However... Just like Kamala Harris, Tyreek has already told you. I got to take. Oh God, you're going with that again. Oh my God, Antoine is the MVP. Antoine, can you please tell Omar it doesn't work like that? That just because Tyreek says no, I'm not a candidate. Give it the tour. That doesn't mean people aren't going to vote for him. Please help me out here. No, people are going to vote for him because they feel like he's the best player, and he is. But again, like it's a quarterback award typically, and. I can't see them not, especially considering everything's too is you know dealt with in the last like year or so. I think that would, he would get the sentimental vote there as well. So that's kind of why I think as well. But you got some other candidates out there too. I mean, not to not to say that CJ Stroud should win it, but man, like what he's doing as a rookie right now, like that is simply phenomenal. That's just rookie of the year. That's rookie of the year. To a I agree. I agree with you. But he could he could get top five votes in the MVP the way he's if they if the Texans get to the playoffs. Like he, he should be a top five candidate for MVP. Fair. Because nobody nobody expected that. No, nobody no, thought this. I went and watched him in joint practice, and I promise you that's not the quarterback that's playing right now. Yeah, he I, is. I, I knew he'd be good, but not this soon. Like I thought it might take a year or so. I thought they'd get more parts around him and things like I thought the Mika Rise would feel a really good defense around him, but my God, like 
hey, they live on the best teams in the AFC right now. I mean, you can't. They could win that division still. They could beat Jacksonville for the division. Mm-hmm. Great game uh, Sunday. Now, obviously, the Dolphins have the best record in the AFC. Do you do you really think that they're this good? Do I think they're the best team in the AFC, or do I think they're really good? That's two different questions. Omar KC has the best team in the AFC at seven. No, no, I'm AFC East. I meant. AFC, yeah. Yeah. Oh, AFC, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. By far, I think they're the best team in the AFC East. Yeah, I think I think the Bills are. I think the Bills are going to make the playoffs now because I think you know with the change with uh, Joe Brady there, if so long as Josh Allen can limit the turnovers, because you know Pittsburgh, I'm not really buying. I mean, their offense is not good at all. It's I mean, Jets like. It's Jets like. The only difference is they have they have better coaching. Their coaching is going to keep. They'll probably win nine games. They'll probably win nine games or so, but. I don't know if that's going to be enough to get in. I think Buffalo can sneak into that spot too, as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think by far uh, the Dolphins are the best team. Now, now the AFC, that's a whole other story. I think the Ravens. I want to buy in the Ravens. I really do. I think the Ravens, to me, you know, right now, if I had to pick, would be the best team in the AFC over the Chiefs. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I, Absolutely. Like I think the Chiefs, they have they have a great they have the elite quarterback in Mahomes, but outside of they're not really scaring me. They have a, the defense is good. The defense is much improved though. But you know, I don't they don't really have a lot of good weapons. Like I don't see Kelsey. Mm-hmm. So obviously, how do you see this Sunday's game? Oh, well, Sunday, Friday's Friday. game, Black Friday. <laughs> um, yeah. at, at least, at least you don't have to travel. Unlike a lot of people, they Dolphins have to travel on Thanksgiving. But how do you see that game playing out? Uh, I think it's going to be you know tight at least initially. I mean, you know, the Jets' defense is good enough; it's going to keep them in every single game. But I think the problem is if they're not scoring points, kind of what you saw in the Buffalo game, you know. The Dolphins are going to eventually. You got to put up twenty points, I think, to beat the Dolphins. I really do. And the Jets' inability to do that, I think, is going to you know backfire in this game. And you know, I see Miami winning it by really two touchdowns. I kind of see like twenty-seven to thirteen or somewhere around there. But you know, I think, I, like I said, I think Dolphins are just a superior team like on all across the board. You know, defensively, the Jets have a better defense. But you know, when you keep getting putting out in that situations where you're going in three and out, three and out, three and out, you're going to get tired. And then eventually we saw that against the Bills. Like, yeah, it was not nothing. Covering that, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I have basically I have too. And 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 then you start to see the defenders turn on the team and turn on and and confront the coach, like bench the quarterback, and then you don't hasn't happened yet. Then I'm gonna quit on them, and oh man. It's, that hasn't happened yet, but eventually it could. I mean, you're already you're kind of seeing signs of it. I mean, they don't have any answers. We're asking the players after the game, like, how can you improve the offense? Like Tyler Conklin was like, I don't have an answer for you. I really don't, I don't know. Like Garrett Wilson, same thing. I really don't have an answer for you. So when players start they don't have answers for you, that's not a good thing. But Antoine, here's the thing. Could any quarterback succeed behind that offensive line? I mean, it is right now. Brutal. No, right now, no, not with Bethard. They literally have four backups playing on the offensive yeah. line. So yeah, you can't you can't survive that way. Like it, it's just brutal. That's why I was like, it's no point of bringing Rodgers back, even if you you know, even if you were in it. I mean, you're gonna get that man killed. Like he's coming off an ACL and I mean Achilles injury. So yes, yeah, you can't put him back there behind a makeshift offensive line. That's not a successful model for success. Well, we appreciate your time, Antoine. Uh, you also have a podcast. Tell the people where they can find your podcast on Believe Network. 
a black page breakdown. You can check it out. Uh, this week would be kind of weird with the Black Friday game. Uh, Tuesdays, usually Tuesdays and Thursdays, but we'll have a show on Saturday because the game after will kind of break down, you know, what happened with the Jets Dolphins. So, yeah, check me out there. Check me out at Antoine Staley on Twitter and my work at the New York Daily News. And, and listen, uh, you're, you're a friend. Uh, you're, you're a great beat writer. We appreciate you, and we always enjoy having you on. We'll, we'll probably see you back next time when we, when we play. Hopefully it won't be well, I'll be in Miami. Yeah, I'll be yeah. in Miami, so yeah. I mean, but you, you don't have to tell me I'm great. Like, I, I, you're just saying that because I'm on here. Turn it up. How many jobs have I done recommended you for, Antoine? Come on. home. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I appreciate. I love, I love both. I love you both. So, yeah, I appreciate. Anytime y'all need me on, y'all know how to find me. All right, that's fine. We appreciate. Thanks, Antoine. Yeah, thank y'all. Watching alldolphins.com. We will be back tomorrow. With what are we gonna have tomorrow? Well, actually, is that the actual, the actual only practice of the week for the Dolphins on Wednesday? Absolutely. See you tomorrow. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.